Welcome to the Odd Graduated Inquiry, or TOGI, a podcast where we investigate unnecessary questions and speculate answers no one asked for. My name is Ronald J.J. Wong. Do you enjoy eating chilli? In Singapore, we eat chilli in many different cuisines. The chilli comes in different forms. Chilli crab, chicken rice chilli, green chilli with fried kwetiau, sambal chilli with nasi lemak, chopped red chilli with fish soup, chilli and curry. And then there's the Americans. If you go to the United States and request for chilli, you're gonna get a surprise. It's actually chilli con carne, meat stew with chilli. But that's the Americans for you. They call football soccer, the national non-football football league, the world league, and some meat dish chilli. So let's put them aside for now. I'm talking about chilli peppers, the spicy fruit, berry fruit of the plant from the capsicum family. Chilli is well loved by many people in Singapore, in Southeast Asia, and frankly all over the world. But it's torture. Eating chilli is actually painful. And yet we still consume loads of it. Have you heard the story about a childcare teacher in Singapore who got charged for disciplining a four-year-old boy by allegedly rubbing chilli on his mouth and face? Something similar happened in Florida. A teacher spiked her own soda with chilli sauce, knowing that an autistic elementary school kid likes to drink from her soda. And that's all really messed up. Chilli compounds are also used in pepper sprays, which are often used by women against bad guys. But when it comes to ourselves, we happily inflict ourselves with the spicy heat of chilli. And for some, it's a sort of happy, even romantic, or even perhaps sexual self-infliction. In the sixth sonnet of Sonnets to a Red-Haired Lady and Famous Love Affairs by Don Marquis, or the British pronounce it as Marquez. His full name is actually Donald Robert Perry Marquis, an American newspaper columnist, humorist, poet, playwright, and author. Uh, this book was published in 1922. He wrote, My torch-like dame, my frail incomparable, my sunset afterglow, my aureole. Does your head symbolize your ardent soul? Then must your spirit sting its earthly shell as hot as pepper sauce that served in hell. Shake out those billowy flames and let them roll across the world until the very pole melts into love and steams beneath their spell. So yes, people have had love affairs with chili for some time. Now why does chili burn and cause pain? There are spicy chemical compounds in chili known as capsaicin. And these compounds trigger the temperature sensation receptor in our bodies known as TRPV1. So although a chili can be eaten cold, it makes us feel like our tongues are burning. The spiciness of chili is measured by the Scoville scale, which was invented in 1912 by a scientist, Wilbur Scoville. His name unfortunately sounds like the name of some suburb plagued by infectious yeast, Scoville. Anyway, the higher the concentration of capsaicin, the hotter the chilli. Scoville extracted capsaicin with alcohol and then added it to a solution of sugar and water. It is then diluted with water until a person can drink it without feeling the heat. The amount of dilution represents the heat of the chilli. Today, a modern method is used known as high-performance liquid chromatography, HPLC. Chilies are ground into powder, added to a solvent, and placed into a machine. It extracts the capsaicin and measures its amount. No poor lad has to drink goodness knows how many cups of chili water anymore. So, why do we eat chili if it causes us pain? Well, the brain releases endorphins and dopamines when you eat chili. Endorphins are the natural painkillers of the body. It's produced by your body during exercise and sex. 
Dopamine is a feel-good neurotransmitter that gives us a sense of reward and punishment produced when you eat things like chocolate. Uh, I, I guess that's why there's chili chocolate. Double dopamine hit. Bam! A 2014 study done in the United States shows that personality affects whether you like chili. Sensation-seeking or intrinsic factors mattered more in women liking and consuming chili. For men, sensitivity to punishment and reward mattered more. The study's authors suggest, I quote, The association of sensation-seeking with liking and intake suggests that for individuals high in sensation-seeking, there may be an innate rewarding aspect of capsaicin as a stimulus. Conversely, for other personality constructs that associated only with spicy food intake, the enjoyable aspect of consuming capsaicin may potentially be related more to social aspects of consuming spicy foods, like social praise. In my own words, women who seek sensation are more likely to enjoy chili, and men who enjoy chili are probably eating it to get a shot with those women. So if you go on a date, feed the other person lots of chili and see what happens. Now apparently young children in all cultures are averse to chili. So it's only when we get older and one more kick in our boring lives and we can't be taking roller coasters or bungee jumping every day that we find thrill in things like eating chili. Seems like it's all about adults seeking pleasure. Pleasure with pain. Safe painful pleasure, that is, because most chilies don't cause most of us harm. Well, not for some unfortunate people. In 2011, a mid-30s National Guard veteran, Brady Bennett, went into a bar in Ohio, United States with his friend. He was offered a free shot. Hmm, always be wary of free drinks. He apparently ordered a patron tequila with apple flavouring, whereas the bartender thought he asked for, quote, some kind of crazy shot, unquote. So the bartender served him tequila with boot jolokia, a kind of ghost pepper chili. That ghost pepper is 200 times hotter than jalapeno. Brett apparently fell onto the floor with his nose, mouth and lungs on fire and had difficulty breathing and they had to call the ambulance. During the 911 call, one just hears sounds of Bennett moaning and groaning. He later claimed suit for medical bills and his lawyer said, I quote, over the course of the next two weeks, when he has to go to the bathroom, it is an excruciating experience. Unquote. Well, now you know, don't order any crazy shot. Never know what's gonna hit you. And here's a tip. If you're an FNB establishment, and if you're going to serve really spicy chili, put up an obvious written notice to warn customers about the risks of the chili, or even make them sign a limitation of liability form before serving it. Now, of course, chili preference is cultural. I have been to London, US, Europe, and the closest thing you can get to chili there in most restaurants is a hollowed-out bell pepper. The seeds are where the chili's heat is, so they're usually removed when cooking capsicums. Now, some American researchers in uh, 1998, these guys Billing and Sherman, actually studied cookbooks in 36 countries and concluded in their so-called academic research that spicy food is consumed in hot climates, one would imagine like Singapore, because of Quote, they are antibacterial properties that rid foods of pathogens and thereby contribute to people's health, longevity, and reproductive success. Now that's like saying Asian people eat chili because it keeps us from falling sick and helps us have more sex. Now I see why some people don't believe a thing that academics say. But another more recent academic study in 2016 concludes otherwise. I quote, Unlike animals who display a strong neophobic response to novel foods, that is, until learning it is safe, Human beings use a more sophisticated mechanism to solve the omnivore paradox called culture. Our culinary culture determines not only what foods are allowed, but also how to prepare and season them. 
This knowledge is socially transmitted generationally and is resistant to change, although it maintains a gradual incorporation of novel food items without losing the distinctive flavour that makes each culinary cuisine unique. It follows that the introduction of new foods into a culture must be done slowly. Finally, to avoid food from becoming boring, humans use combinations of ingredients, most frequently spices. In summary, we suggest that the reason why people living in hot climates like their food spicy is not presently for its historical antimicrobial properties, but because it is basically rooted in their culture. Unquote. I mean, isn't this obvious? Another study done in 2017 by researchers from South Korea, Denmark, and the US tested people's liking for spicy sauces paired with different food. Two newly developed hot sauces, fermented red chili pepper with soybean-based sauce and fermented red chili pepper-based sauce, were compared with Tabasco sauce and Sriracha sauce. When the hot sauce samples were applied to pizza and cream soup, the different cultures all preferred chili soybean paste and chili pepper sauce over Tabasco sauce. In the case of grilled chicken and rice noodle soup, the Koreans liked all sauces, whereas the Americans preferred sriracha sauce, and the Danish, the Danish preferred the chili soybean paste and chili pepper sauce over sriracha sauce. The Americans did not like hot sauce samples with sweet and weak spiciness, whereas the Korean and Danish subjects disliked the hot sauce sample when it was too spicy and not sufficiently sweet. All this is to say, different cultures just stick to different flavours and spiciness. Again, isn't this a bit duh? Now, chili is found in cuisines and cultures all over the world, but where did it originate from? Most probably, as it turns out, Mexico, or generally South America. Researchers rely on archaeological, ecological, paleobiolinguistic, and genetic evidence to conclude that chili was deliberately cultivated in Mexico at least 6,000 years ago. Uh, this may explain why, along with many Singaporeans, I enjoy Mexican food. Now, how did the chili reach the rest of the world then? Now, we first begin with the famous Italian explorer Christopher Columbus. He went around searching for a trade route for the spice trade. What spice was he looking for? Black peppercorn. Black pepper was used not only as a rare spice, but as currency to pay for stuff. Can you imagine that black pepper back in that day was probably more valuable than your Bitcoin is today? In those days, black pepper came from the Malabar coast in around Kerala, India. It would be traded through the Levant, uh, in other words, the modern-day Syria, Lebanon, Jordan, Palestine, and Turkey, traded to Europe. But the Ottomans cut off that trade route in the mid-1400s, so Columbus tried to find a new trade route to Asia. No luck. Instead, he found the Caribbeans and called it India, and he found chili and called it chili pepper. He either thought it was like black pepper, or he deliberately named it as such to make it almost as valuable as black pepper. And then he brought it back to the King of Spain. But chili only took root in Europe. It was the Portuguese who eventually brought chili to Asia. Through their colonialism, they took over Goa, India around the end of the 15th century, brought it under its empire, and eventually the Portuguese expanded their empire to Malacca and Southeast Asia, Macau, present-day East Timor, and the Spice Islands or Maluku Islands in Indonesia. Maluku sounds like you had a baluku and then you malu. Baluku means a head bump and malu is Malay for embarrassed. Oh, and by the way, I googled Malu and some Cuban-American singer influencers photo popped up. Anyway, the trading post was also set up by the Portuguese in Nagasaki, Japan, and eventually traders brought chili to China, Africa, the Middle East, Southeast Asia, and pretty much the rest of the world. As one would note, this checkered colonial history is plagued by injustice, brutality, and oppression of indigenous peoples. And this is the reality of trade and transplanting of culture in the past. Well, at least today we can enjoy eating different types of chili with our favourite food. And capsaicin, the hot compound in chili, is used today as a pain relief in cream or plasters for muscular aches, arthritis, back aches, and so on. 
I also read that apparently the Chinese in Singapore used to use the leaves of the chili plant to relieve toothaches, and the Malays used chili to treat diarrhea, vomiting, and cholera, and Indians used it to exorcise an evil eye. Uh, today, there are about 4,000 varieties of chili. And also, by the way, if you've ever wondered whether green chili is a different variety from red chili, green chili is actually the less ripe version of the same chili harvested earlier. I know this because I randomly threw some capsicum seeds into my planter and forgot about it. One day a seedling sprouted and eventually it grew into a plant with a tiny little chili berry. It was green at first and then yellow and then it turned red. I didn't know what to do with it because it was so puny, all of 3cm the size of a gummy bear. It was eventually used as a garnish for a steamed fish dish. So well, some well-known chili types are jalapeno, which I've enjoyed in the form of bacon uh, wrapped jalapeno baked with cheddar. Cayenne, not the Porsche car model but the chili, is great as a sauce for chicken wings or in a dry rub for grilled meats. It's also I think likely the long red chili that we often chop and eat in Singapore with dishes like bakute. Peri peri or piri piri, which actually in Swahili literally means pepper pepper. What comes to my mind immediately is the peri peri sauce for Nando's chicken and also my favourite uh, brand of uh, potato chips have piri piri. Bird's eye, a small type of chilli whose seeds are often spread by birds. And by the way, birds can't taste capsaicin so they can eat the chilli without feeling the heat and therefore spread the seeds all around. It's actually the chilli party that we have in Singapore, it's a bird's eye. Habanero, a rather spicy chilli which is often used in salsa. Ghost pepper, which originated in the northeastern Indian states of Nagaland and Assam, is one of the hottest chillies in the world. It's so spicy that touching it could irritate your skin. And so be sure not to rub your eyes after handling it. It's also often used in curries and chutneys. Now finally, what's apparently the spiciest chili in the world is the Carolina Reaper, a man-made species across between ghost pepper and red habanero. I'm honestly not sure if I've ever eaten anything like that before. I doubt I have because I don't think I would have survived to tell the tale. Which reminds me of a time when a friend, my wife and I had a holiday in New Zealand. We were famished after a long, most amazing day of wine tasting in Marlborough. We drove to what was probably the only restaurant that was still open at that time and we ordered dinner. The friendly manager served us a platter of chilies. He advised us to eat in sequence, starting the least spicy. Now, when we ate the first one, well, it was less a chili because it was more a sweet capsicum. But by the time we hit the last chili, I was dead. I suppose that's the thing with chili. I know it will burn me, but I deliberately consume it anyway, believing that it would give me a thrill that I must not miss. A painful pleasure. A disruption in my mundane cycle of life. A controlled madness that I choose to inflict upon myself perhaps as a willful subversion to the madness around me that I cannot control. And maybe that's why the rock band Red Hot Chili Peppers is named as such. And why they're usually performing half or even almost entirely naked. Actually, I went to find out. The genesis of their name is more mundane and boring. It's a mishmash of Louis Armstrong's Jazz Quintet, The Hot Five, and some other English band named Chili Willy and the Red Hot Peppers. A very cute name, yes. Anyway, and I think maybe that's why many of us love chili in our food. We can't be content with just a simple bowl of fish porridge. No, we must eat the fish with the chopped red chili soaked in light soy sauce. Because that's our form of resistance to the insanity of our life. Because that's our little brief escape before we return to the mundanity of our lives. And so, may you always be able to enjoy the risk of madness in eating all the chili in the world. Thank you for listening. If you would like to suggest a topic or share your thoughts, write to me at ronaldwongjj at gmail.com.